0: I'm going to start reading. The Every Little Hurricane from the Lone Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight in Heaven by Sherman Lexi. Although it was winter, the nearest ocean 400 miles away and the tribal weathermen sleep because of boredom. A hurricane dropped from the sky in 1976 and fell so hard on the spoken Indian reservation that it knocked Victor from bed in his latest nightmare. It was January, and Victor was nine. He was sleeping in his bedroom in the basement of the HUD house when it happened. His mother and father were upstairs hosting the largest New Year's Eve party in tribal history when the wind is increased and the first tree fell. God damn it, one Indian yelled as another in the argument. You ain't crap, you apple. Two Indians raged across the room at each other. One tall and heavy, the other was short, muscular, high-pressure and low-pressure fronts. The music was so loud that Victor could barely hear the voices of the two Indians. Escalated the argument into a fistfight. Soon, there were no voices to be heard, only guttural noises that could be cursed or wood-breaking. Then the music stopped so suddenly that the silence frightened Victor. What the heck's going on? Victor's father yelled, his voice coming quickly with force. It shook the walls of the house. Ar- uh, Adolph and Arnold are fighting again, Victor's mother said. Adolph and Arnold were her brothers. Victor's uncles... Like the dark dogs going, I guess. Victor's uncles, they always fought. They'd been fighting since the very beginning. "'Well, tell them that they're getting their butts down out of my house!' Victor's father yelled in his his decibel level, rising to meet the tension in the house. There he left,' Victor's mother said. "'They're fighting out in the yard!' Victor heard this and ran to the window. He could see his uncle slugging each other with such force that they had to be in love. "'Strangers would never want to hurt each other that badly.' But it was strangely quiet, like Victor was watching a television show with the volume all turned down. He could hear the party upstairs move to the windows, step onto the front porch and to watch the battle. During the other hurricane broadcasts on the news, Victor had seen crazy people tie themselves into trees on the beach. Those people wanted to feel the full force of the hurricane firsthand, wanted to feel like like an amusement ride, but the thin ropes were broken and the people were broken. Sometimes the trees themselves were pulled from the ground. Both the trees and the people tied to the trees were carried away. Standing in his window, watching his uncles grow bloody and tired, Victor pulled the string of his pajamas bottoms tighter. He squeezed his hands into fists and pressed his face tightly against the glass. They're going to kill each other, somebody yelled from upstairs window. <coughs> nobody disagreed and nobody moved to change the situation. Witnesses. They were all witnesses and nothing more. For hundreds of years, Indians were witnesses to crimes of an epic scale. Victor's uncles were in the midst of a misdemeanor that would remain one even if it was somebody was to die. One Indian killing another did not create a special kind of storm. The little kind of hurricane was generic. Didn't even deserve a name. Adolf soon had the best of Arnold, though, and was trying to drown him in the snow. Victor watched as his uncle held his uncle down, saw the look of hate and love on his uncle's face, and the terrified arms of his other uncle flailing uselessly. Then it was over. Adolf let Arnold loose, even pulled him to his feet, and they both stood facing each other. They started to yell again. Unintelligible, unintelligible, unintelligent. The volume louder as other voices from the party upstairs were added. Victor soon could almost smell the sweat and whiskey and blood. Everyone was (coughs) assessing the damage, considering options. Would the fight continue? Would it decrease in intensity until both uncles sat quietly in the opposite corners, exhausted and ashamed? Could the Indian Health Services, doctors, fixed the broken nose and the sprained ankles. But there was another pain. Victor knew that. He stood at his window and touched his own body. His legs were and back hurt from a day of sledding. His head was a little more sore from where he bumped into the door earlier the week. One molar ached from the cavity. His chest throbbed with absence. Victor had seen news footage of cities after hurricanes had passed by. Houses were flattened their contents thrown in every direction, memories not destroyed, but forever changed and damaged. Which is worse, Victor wanted to know if memory, memories of his personal hurricanes would be better if he could change them, or if he just forgot all about all of it. Victor had once seen a photograph of a car that had hurricane had picked up and carried for five miles before it fell onto a house. Victor remembered everything exactly that way. On Christmas Eve, when he was five, his father wept because he didn't have any money for gifts. Oh, there was a tree trimmed in ornaments and a few bulbs from the trading post, one string of lights and photographs of the family with holes punched to the top, threaded with dental floss, and hung from tiny branches. But there were no gifts, not a one. We have each other, Victor's mother said. But she knew, it was a dry recitation of an old Christmas movies they watched on television. It wasn't real. Victor watched his father cry huge gasping tears, Indian tears. Victor imagined his father's tears would have frozen solid in the severe reservation winters and shattered when they hit the floor. Sent millions of icy knives through the air, each specific and beautiful, each dangerous and random. Victor imagined that he held an empty box beneath his father's eyes and collected the tears, held the box until it was full. Victor would wrap it in Sunday comics and give it to his mother. Just the week before, Victor had stood in the shadows of his father's doorway and watched as a man opened his wallet and shook his head empty. Victor watched his father put his empty wallet back into his pocket for a moment. Then he pulled it out and opened again, still empty. Victor watched his father repeat this ceremony again and again as if repetition itself could guarantee change, but it was always empty. During all these times of tiny storms or during all these kinds of tiny storms, Victor's mother would rise with her medicine and magic. She would pull air down from empty cupboards and make fried bread. She would shake thick blankets free from old bananas. She would comb Victor's braids into dreams. In those dreams, Victor and his parents would be sitting in mother's kitchen restaurant in Spokane waiting out a storm, rain and lightning, unemployment and poverty, commodity food, flash floods, soup, Victor's father would always say, like a bowl of soup. Mother's kitchen was always warm in those dreams. was always a good song on the juice box a song that victor didn't really know but he knew it was good and he knew it was a song from his parents youth and those dreams always good sometimes though the dream had become a nightmare and mother's kitchen was out of soup the juice box only played country music and the roof leaked rain felt like fell like drums onto the buckets and pots and pans set out to catch whatever they could In those nightmares Victor sat in his chair as rain fell drop by drop onto his head. In those nightmares, Victor felt his stomach ache with hunger. In fact, he felt his whole interior sway nearly buckle, then fall. Gravity, nothing for dinner except sleep. Gale, and unsteady barometer. In other nightmares, in his everyday reality, Victor watched his father take a drink of vodka on a completely empty stomach. Victor could hear the near poison fall and then hit, flesh and blood, nerve and vein. Maybe it was like lightning tearing an old tree in halves. Maybe it was like the fall water, a uh, wall of water, a reservation tsunami crashing onto a small beach. Maybe it was like Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Maybe it was like all that. Maybe, but after he drank, Victor's father would breathe in a deep and closed eyes, stretch and straighten his neck and back. During those long drinks, victor's father wasn't shaped like a question mark he looked more like an exclamation point some people liked the rain but victor hated it really hated it the damp humidity low clouds and lies weathermen when it was raining victor could apologize would apologize to everyone he talked to sorry about the weather He would say Once Victor's cousin made him climb a tall tree during a rainstorm. The bark was slick, nearly impossible to hold onto, but Victor kept climbing. The branches kept most of the rain off him, but there were always sudden funnels of water that broke through, startlingly enough to nearly make Victor lose grip. Sudden rain like promises, like treaties. But Victor held on. There was so much that Victor feared... So much his intense imagination created. For years, Victor feared that he was going to drown while it was raining, so that even he thrashed through the lake and opened his mouth to scream. He would taste even more from water falling from the sky. Sometimes he was sure he would fall from the top of a slide or from a swing in a whirlpool. It would suddenly appear beneath him and carry him down into the earth, drown him at the core. And of course, Victor dreamed of whiskey, vodka, tequila, and those fluids swallowing just like easily as he he swallowed them. When he was five years old, an old Indian man drowned in a mud puddle at a powwow, just passed out and fell face down in the water collected in the tire track. Even at five, Victor understood that that meant how it defined nearly everything. Fronts, highs, lows, thermals, undercurrents, tragedy. When the hurricane descended on the reservation in 1976, Victor was there to record it. If a video camera had been available then, Victor might have filmed it, but his memory was much more dependable. His uncles, Arnold and Adolf, gave up the fight and walked back into the house into the New Year's Eve party, arms linked, forgiving each other. But the storm that had caused their momentary anger had not died. Instead, it moved from Indian to Indian at the party. Giving each a specific painful memory. Victor's father remembered the time his own father was spit on as they waited for a bus in Spokane. Victor's mothers remember how Indian Health Services doctors sterilized her moments after Victor was born. Adolf and Arnold were touched by memories of previous battles, storms that continued haunting their lives. When children grow up together in poverty, a bond is formed that is stronger than most anything that this it's the same bond that causes so much pain adolf and arnold reminded each other of their childhood and how they hid crackers in their shared bedroom so they could have something to eat did you hide the crackers adolf asked his brother so many times that he still whispered that question it's the other indians at the party remembered their own pain this pain grew and expanded One person lost their temper when she accidentally brushed the skin of another. The forecast was not good. Indians continued to drink harder and harder as if anticipating. There's a 50% chance of torrential rain, blizzard-like conditions, seismic activity. Then there's a 60% chance, then severity, then 70, then 80. Victor was back in his bed lying flat and still watching the ceiling lower with each step uh, with each step above the ceiling lowered with the weight of each indian's pain until it was just inches from Victor's no, nose he wanted to scream wanted it, to pretend it was just a nightmare or a game invented by his parents to help him sleep the voices upstairs continued to grow take shape fill space until Victor's room the entire house was consumed by the party, until Victor sprawled, sorry, crawled from his bed and went to find his parents. Yeah, hey, little nephew, Adolf said as Victor stood alone in the corner. Hello, uncle, Victor gave him, said and gave him a hug, gagged at the smell, alcohol and sweat, cigarettes and failure. Where's my dad, Victor asked. Over there, Adolf said, waved his arm in the general direction of the kitchen, The house was not very large, but there were so many people and so much emotion filling the spaces between people that it was like a maze. No matter which way he turned, he could not find his father nor mother. Where are they, he asked. Nessie, who? Mom and Dad, Victor said. And as he pointed toward the bedroom, Victor made his way towards the crowd Hated his tears. He didn't hate the fear and pain that caused them. He expected that. He hated what he hated was what they, felt like, what they felt like against his cheek, his chin, and skin as they made their way down his face. He cried until he found his parents alone, passed out on their bed in their back bedroom. Victor climbed up on the bed, lay down between them. His mother and father breathed deep, nearly choking al- alcoholic snores. They were sweating through the room as it was cold, and Victor thought the alcohol seeping through their skin might get him drunk, might help him sleep. He kissed his mother's neck, tasted salt and whiskey, kissed his father's forearm, tasted the cheap beer and smoke. He closed his eyes tightly. He said his prayers just in case his parents had been wrong about God all those years. He listened for hours to every little hurricane spun from the larger hurricane that battered the reservation. During that night, his aunt Nessie broke her arm when she, an uninfighted Indian woman, pushed her down the stairs. Eugene Boyd broke a door playing indoor hockey basketball. Lester Falls apart passed out on top of the stove and someone turned on the burners on high. James many horses sat on the corner of a and told so many bad jokes that three or four Indians, indians threw him at the door onto the snow. James didn't spend very much time alone in the snow. Soon Seymour and Lester were there too. Seymour was thrown out because he kept flirting with all the women. Lester was there to cool off his burns. Soon everyone from the party was in the lawn dancing in the snow, fighting. Victor lay between his parents, his alcoholic and dreamless parents, his mother and father. Victor licked his index finger and raised it to the air to test the wind. Velocity, direction, sleep approaching. The people outside seemed so far away, so strange and imaginary. There was a downshift of emotion. Tension seemed to wane. Victor put on on one hand on his mother's stomach and placed the other on his father's. There's enough hunger in both, enough movement, enough geography and history of everything to destroy the reservation and leave only random debris and broken furniture. But it was over. He closed his eyes, fell asleep. It was over. The hurricane that fell out of the sky in 1976 left before sunrise, and all the Indians, the eternal survivors, gathered to count their losses. And that is the first story